Thank you, Andrew and the team. You played beautifully. And this is the reason we are here for, to worship our King, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We're still on Christmas season. We're still under the Christmas spirit. And we are here to speak about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about our Savior and Lord. Today I was assigned to speak on the song of Simeon and Anna, the fourth infant's song found in Luke. And this should help all of us in a way how to live a worthy Christian life. I believe, especially in Canada, but probably around the world, we have never lived such a Christ identity age. It is difficult to find a right person, a right government to listen to. All our core beliefs are being attacked. All what we as Christians have believed have been somehow contested. And sometimes we don't know whom to listen to, what to follow, what are the right paths and safe paths to go, how to profess our faith, how to deal with oppositions, contradictions, conflicts, and maybe you and I are looking for good examples of lives that are worth to be imitated. And this is what we are going to talk today. As Christians, how should we live in our society? What are the things we should hold on and live by through the faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? In a week or so, most of us are making plans for the year. So what are going to be your plans? Who are you listening to? What are the things you should consider more than others? Things you should be afraid of? Things you should prepare yourself to go through? So I hope this text of today helps us a little bit still to celebrate Christ, to celebrate Christmas, and also to live a life worth living. So this glorious text, that Luke wrote, it speaks about our Lord Jesus Christ, the one we are being celebrated the whole month. And by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Luke, the author, the doctor, the one we are reading and going for our series of acts, he was very particular, very precise. He, he was very interested in, in writing these accounts of the birth of Jesus as no one else. He actually made choices in how to present information about the birth of Jesus that will give right away the proof of who Jesus was, why Jesus came, what was his mission. He comes and in the chapters 1 and 2, he records four, some people say five different songs. 
One is from Mary, when she magnifies God, Magnificat. The other is from Zechariah, where he blesses God, the Benedicts. The other is from the angels, glory in high, glory in excelsis. And now the fourth songs from Simeon. Nuke Dimitris, now you are dismissed. Now I can depart. Now I can go. Now I can get away from this life, the heaviness, the conflicts, and I can enjoy my Savior forever because I have seen the Lord. Also, the text we are going to look at is, speaks about Anna because both things happen together at the same time. And you're going to see her declaration. So a promise is fulfilled. A prophecy will be announced. Two lives, two legacies, two faithful believers, both full of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and led by the Spirit. If I would finish the sermon here, it would be enough. We as Christians should have the same pattern, the same actions, the same influence of them, because without the Holy Spirit, we cannot see Jesus. Without the presence, without He abiding us, without Him being laid in my life, I won't be seeing Jesus, I won't be glorifying Him. And this is what this text brings us to us. Let us read with no further ado from Luke, and I chose to read all of it, and then later on, I hope the Holy Spirit will remind you where I am at, but you can read back. If you forget everything, you have the text, and the Holy Spirit is enough to remind you what you need to know. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus. Just pause. Even his name that was chosen by God was proclaimed by the angel had already meaning. The Lord saves. Adonai is the Lord. He saves. So every time this baby that was going to be born would remind the people, God saves. The Lord saves. Wherever place he would go in his infancy, then later on in his teenager years, and later on in his ministry, every time they would hear Jesus or Joshua, God saves we remind them there is hope. There is hope. God saves. Maybe they needed to hear. Maybe we needed to hear. Maybe when you say Jesus, don't think about only Jesus, a name. What that means? means God saves and he's saving us from the world, from the devil, from the sin. His name, he was named Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it's written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, 
who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, now you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the failing and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel. It's very appropriate, her name too. Anna, the daughter of Phanuel. Phanuel means the face of God. So this lady would live her life accordingly. And that's what the text says. The daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fast and praying. Coming up to then at, this, at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, the center of the faith of those people. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Father God, once more we recline our hearts, ears to you. We humble ourselves. We ask and count on the forgiveness of our sins and the grace of your Son to us. In order that we can listen, we can learn, you can speak to us. And help us to correct what needs to be correct, to strengthen our faith, to make us bold, to make us servant, to focus on your Son, Jesus Christ. In your Son's name we pray, amen. Simeon and Anna, lives worthy to be imitated.
We just read the text. There is a context that is very important for this song and this declaration. Actually, looks right in a way that we understand it all. We can't just take the song of Simeon and put somewhere else, or even the declaration of Anna. That happened in a particular moment, very significant. The text says that Jesus was taken to the temple of Jerusalem after being circumcised on the eighth day. So it looks like Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. They waited a little bit until the time of purification has been completed, and then they would come and do the purification at the temple. It looks like they are in the fifth week of Jesus' birth. So Jesus is in his fifth week of living, still a baby, infant, five weeks old. After being circumcised, he was taken there. And he, Jesus, and Mary would go through the rite of purification. According to the law, that's what they were supposed to do. They had to obey it. And they believed, and it was written in the law of Moses, that in some ways a woman, a woman would get impured by the child. By the time she would deliver a baby, she would be impure because that child would carry the original sin and it would transfer to the mother at the birth. So in this case, both the mother and the kid should be presented. They should go through this purification before the kid will be presented and being redeemed. But then you think like me, but Jesus carried no original sin. Mary was virgin and she was conceived by the Holy Spirit as we have heard this Christmas. How that can be so? Well, as Jewish faithful to the law of Moses, they had to do that. They have to obey. They have to accomplish what the law required. And in a, in a human sense, in a spiritual example, Jesus had to do it in order to represent us. They wouldn't be needed if everybody knew Jesus had no sin. Maybe Mary knew at that time that Jesus had no sin, no one else but Mary and Joseph. But they needed to do that to fulfill the law, fulfill what expected, but also at birth, Jesus was establishing already the pattern of his life, his mission, what he came for. He was born to die. He was born to save and to rescue of many. He was being a ransom of many. And at that moment, he was already establishing, and God was establishing Jesus, what was a about to be done through his life. He was taking a sinner's place in order to save the world. In that moment that he was coming, Mary was coming for the purification with Jesus to be presented, we saw that he was coming to fulfill the law. He was coming to submit himself to the law as our representative to fulfill the law and the requirement. 
Joseph and Mary were bringing Jesus, and two people approached them. As we have read, Simeon and Anna, two elderly people. A man who lived in Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon, verse 25 to 35, and at the same time, at the same moment, the Bible says at the very moment, maybe uh, Simeon was even with the baby Jesus in his arms and saying the things he had said about Jesus when Anna was also coming by, heard that, and was revealed to her as well. He understood that was the promised Messiah, and she started to announce to everybody who gives ears, ears to her. So both, at the very moment, recognized that Jesus was a gift from God, bringing salvation and restoration to the world, starting with Israel. So four facts I'm going to share with you that should help us to live the way they've lived, to be imitated. They are worthy to be imitated, and they should be. First, they were believers indeed, or they were indeed believers. You choose. Maybe my broken English doesn't know where to put it. But in fact, what I want to say, because I know believers means anything in here, doesn't it? In Brazil, if you say I'm a believer, you say I am a born-again Christian. Not here. You believe anything you want. But in this way, I'm talking about the faithful reminiscence, the faithful remained. Those true believers that since Abraham, then with the Moses law, they were following all the way around what God has promised. You have to remember that God has only one people, of course, from many groups. All languages, all race. But the, God doesn't have two people. It's only one people. It was always one people. It's still today only one people. It's going to be only one people from everywhere. All races, all languages. But we think all Israelites were saved, were believers. We think all of them who follow God, the law, were saved, were followers of God. The, the, the true Yahweh is not true. Sometimes there were one or two. Sometimes there were a group. Like Elijah once says, there is only me. He says, you're wrong. There are 7,000 that did not bow down their knees to Baal. But sometimes they were bigger, sometimes smaller. They all go in this history of captive and they worship other gods. But God always had a faithful reminiscence. He always had those who always follow him, obeyed him, loved him, despite of everything. Only one people. In the past, they were saved by faith with the method of obeying the requirement and the peculiarity of the law. Today, through the faith of Jesus Christ. But only one people saved by faith and by grace. They were indeed believers. The Bible says that Simeon was a righteous man in other words, he was just, he was right, he was fair in relationship to all people. This is what we should be as well. No matter what, no matter how others treat us, we should be righteous, just, and fair. And he also was godly, devout, pious. 
So his relationship with God was uh, full of grace. So he was a righteous man and he was a devout to God. Anna, likewise, in verse 37, says she was a Jewish believer, consecrated. She was a prophetess, a very rare calling, but existed. Rare, but existed. In the Old Testament, only seven women were prophetess. In the New Testament, we'll see some others, but they were not common. So she had a rare calling. She was chosen to speak God's word to others, to announce God's glory and God's name. She was 80 years, 84 years old, according to the Bible, widow, and she would spend all her time worshiping God and serving God in Jerusalem temple. Both of them lived their lives upon the spirit of the law, worshiping God, devoting themselves on prayer, reading and probably listening to the teachings of the scripture and keeping the promises alive. They were faithful Jews who never gave up believing and waited humbly God's time of salvation. We should not be different than that. We also should be devoting ourselves to God. We also should be serving God, and our church, James, is very good at it. We know that. We should make those values and cores something that we aim to, loving God and loving people. Our faith should not be different than Simeon and Anna. We should believe in God and his promises. The world is shaking. The laws in Canada is bugging us. It's being uh, a little bit uh, conflictive. But we should still believe in God, God's value, God's kingdom, God's sovereignty. We should believe in God's promise that one day he's going to judge the world. And those who have no faith in Jesus will be condemned. They are already condemned. Those true lives show us how to live just in a godly way. We should devote ourselves as well to God and be consecrated like Anna. I don't know many Annas in my days. I know a few. Elaine is Elaine, but she is an Anna for me and for the church. I've seen a few Annas in old churches I've been pastoring over the mission field. And it doesn't matter if he's old or young or new. We need Annas to be praying for the work of God. I'm pretty sure there are a few Annas and, of course, a few Simeon that are praying every day for this church and for the kingdom of God and for the raise of money. There is no way no way. The Brazilians, Pastor Rene, are shocked how that can be. They don't understand what, what is the trick, or what is the method. Praying and waiting and expecting God's grace and the good hand of God for provision for this building, for the salvation of the people, for bringing people with all chaotic circumstances and protocols. God is being faithful, and we've seen that. We need Annas, we need Simon. And we should do it. Faith 
should not be a department or a part or a, a sector in my brain or my mind. It has to be all my being. I have to live by faith despite of what is going on. Second, they both believed, or they both lived in anticipation of the Messiah's arrival. We think, we tend to think that everybody was living the same way. Like today. We think all Christians are aware of what's going on in the world. All Christians are aware of the command to go and preach the gospel to all nations. We think all Christians are waiting for the second coming of Jesus when he's going to, you know, come to the end and, 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 and finish and fulfill everything should be fulfilled with the kingdom of God. But not everybody were expecting that way. Not everybody was waiting and hope for the coming of the Messiah. Just those who were faithful believers. Those who were the faithful reminiscent. The majority, even there, they were investing their time in the effort to earn money and to get possessions. Actually, because the law was spiritual, but they took sometimes as physical and materially, they were expecting the promise that God has promised them to be rich or to be wealthy and to get possessions and to get stuff. Yes, there was a promise of God, and God is still doing it, but that was the core, that was the most important, the spiritual blessings were the most important. But some were just waiting that thing. They were not faithful, expecting or waiting or anticipating the Messiah's coming. But Simeon was one of them. Simeon was old, but he was expecting. He expected Israel consolation, of course. Israel was under attack. Israel was under the oppression of Rome. Israel was always in a battle with other nations. Israel was not living the best of their time. They, they had the patriarchs. They have the law. They have the commands. They have the prophet. They had the land. They had the temple. But at this time, the oppression was so big. They were, they were in need of the consolation and the comfort. And then... Simeon is waiting, the one who would come to comfort Israel. He was going to bring the comfort to his people. And he knew that the main problem wasn't Rome, was the sin. He was waiting for the forgiveness of sins. He was waiting for the reconciliation. He was waiting for the eternal life. And the text told us that Anna also was waiting. And soon she heard that, or she saw, and she heard Simeon, she right away starts speaking to everybody about this boy, the redemption of Jerusalem, the capital of Israel who symbolized the kingdom of God and the presence of God. So they lived in anticipation of the Messiah. What are you expecting for? What are you waiting for? Some of us, sometimes me included, we are waiting for retirement to have a place to go and stay and enjoy life a little bit. 
Some of us are waiting that our savings get in a level that we can live well for 34 years more. Many of us live like that. We are expecting having a big family, having our kids married, have our grandkids, great-grandkids. We are waiting and expect a lot of those things. Maybe most of Israelites were expect that thing. But Simeon and Anna, the text at least doesn't say anything about that. They were only anticipating the arrival of the Messiah. And we should be living the same way. We know Jesus has already come. The first part of the prophecies, or the main part, has been fulfilled and accomplished. But we're still waiting. We still hope in the second coming. If you take the second coming out of the picture, if you're not anticipating as well the second coming, the return of coming, the accomplishment of the kingdom, you are missing something. You probably are living here and now. We are all in for what you have, or you are maybe regretting what you don't have. You've been living a sad life because you've been left behind. Others are more prosperous than you are, and this and that. But we should be also seeing the privilege of having the promises and the prophecies of God. We also should be expecting the return of this child that once came. And you have more proof. He came already. Nobody actually were, not everybody were waiting. He came. Many did not believe. He came for his own people, and many did not believe. But we know he came, and we should do better. We should know better. We should, at the same way, the angel said, he's coming up. He's going to come down. He's going to back. Are we waiting for the arrival of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, to put things in order, to say what are the priorities, what we should be doing? Actually, it's not funny, but the other day I talked to Close. Close is our intern pastor, caring pastor, and his wife is uh, pregnant, yeah? And we say, oh, are you happy about this? Yeah, I'm happy about it. And now we discover it's almost halfway ago. So do you know what is a boy or girl? Oh, we don't. Oh, did you ask the doctor? Oh, we heard now he can't say. What do you mean? Oh, they can't say. This kind of sex and gender, now they can't say. So they don't say. So what's going to happen? We'll find out when he's born. So they don't want you to start doing things in blue or things in pink. Or they don't. Let the kid choose. It's going to take a big while. I was thinking the same way. Well, even the prophecy, they should, oh, a baby is going to be born, but nobody would, and Pastor Ben preached, it's a boy. Revelation, it's a boy. And was a boy, and became a man, and he was the savior of the world. But nowadays, it's even hard to speak about our savior. What was his sex? Oh, I can't tell. It's against the sea, what for? Bill for? Something like that. So, we are also like Simeon. We should anticipate the Messiah's arrival. We should be going around like Anna telling people that Jesus is coming back. We should live in anticipation of the Messiah in the same way they were expecting. They expect first time, we expect his second coming. Do we still have these expectations? 
Again, I ask myself, what's wrong with us? Jesus, in his eschatological message, in his prophetic message, in Matthew 24 and 25, he speaks about it. In Luke, he also says that in, it's going to be like that in the end of times. And I think we are very close than any time before. People were eating, drinking, making, being given marriage up to the day of Noah and to the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. This is what he said is going to be in the end of time. Isn't that what is happening? People are enjoying life. But we should be concerned when he is coming back. Third, both Anna and Simeon, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and led by him. First, Simeon says the Holy Spirit was upon him. Says the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon before he saw death. So isn't fantastic that Jesus, that, that Simeon was a man of God and the Holy Spirit was upon him? That Simeon, even before the Pentecost, he was revealed that he was going to see the, he wasn't going to see his death before he saw Jesus. Some say that before he looking into the eyes of death, he would look in the eyes of Christ. What a privilege Simeon had. The verse 27 says that he was moved by the Holy Spirit. So three times in this short text, show us the action, the operation of the Spirit in his life. The Spirit was upon him, told him, and now leads him to the temple. And it goes the same with Anna. Anna is a prophetess. She is an instrument of God to bring the word of God to people. The Holy Spirit is also acting on her in a way that she recognized who Jesus was. She's also filled with the Holy Spirit. She's guided by the Spirit. And she spoke by the Holy Spirit. Who on earth would know what she knew unless she was filled with the Spirit? That's why she was able to recognize the baby that was being brought up to be present at the temple. Can you imagine how many Kids, hundreds of kids she might have seen being brought to the temple. She might, and probably Simeon also saw hundreds or thousands of them. Maybe she saw that for over 50 years, every day, day and night. She was fasting and praying and observing what was going on. And then she recognized that baby was the one to be expected from Israel. The one who would change hearts. The one who would, like Simeon says, knows how the heart believes, how they feel about. Wouldn't that be possible without the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. Same way. Bring it to us. We are not different. We also should be, we should have the Spirit dwelling in us. We also need the Spirit of God to enlighten us, to point us to Christ, to speak to us, to enable us to exalt Christ, to glorify Christ. 
Do we? Are we doing it right? If we are born again Christians, the Spirit of the Lord dwells in us. And the Spirit of God is going to illuminate it, what is already revealed in His world. If we are lack of holiness, we should go back to the root. We should devote ourselves. We should look to, do, to those two examples of piety and holiness and humbleness, and we should invest more in our life of prayer. Maybe we should converse more with him. We should, we should search more his commands. We, look, we should look for things he advises us to look for. And my question is, are we willing to do it? Are we willing to be led by the Spirit? In that way, they were moved, they were led, they were filled to recognize who Christ is. Today, maybe in our lives, we should see Christ in people's lives. We should bring the good news to people who are in need. And in order to know who to or how to, we should be depending on God. Fourth, both they recognize Jesus as the Messiah and they believe in him. I don't know how many of us understand Christmas. Those who are listening to us, do you know who Jesus is? These two, Simeon and Anna, right away, even before he performed any miracle, they recognized Jesus as the Messiah, as the Savior, as the salvation, as the consolation, as the Redeemer of the world of Israel. They recognized Jesus as the Messiah, and they believed in him. Simeon, as a godly man, coming to the temple every day. Maybe he was a former priest. We don't know, just speculations. But Sproul, Dr. C.R. Sproul says that he believes Simeon might be like an icon. He became an icon to the people. People would see him, so that is the guy. He's every day here. That old man is all every day here. And he says he's waiting for the Messiah. He comes the other day. The Messiah didn't come. And he's waiting for the Messiah. And he tells everybody, what are you doing here? What are you again here? You've been here all day. What are you doing? I'm waiting for the Messiah. What time he's come? I don't know. Maybe today. Maybe this evening. And he was coming every day with that expectation. So he become kind of icon. Some people would say, why somebody would wait for so long for something that's not happening? Isn't that too much? Go and rest. You're old. Relax in your home. Be praying. Stay praying there. No, he was coming every day. Maybe he would be a reason for some people to laugh, to make fun of, to joke about. But there he was every day. And one day, he saw the Messiah. One day, he was there and led by the Spirit and moved by the Spirit. He sees Mary and Joseph coming, led by the Spirit, revealed by the Spirit. He sees Jesus and then he abruptly takes this baby. He put it in his arms. He's now rejoicing. He's now glorifying God. He's now praising God. Now he's coming up with a song who prays 
this baby Jesus as the salvation of all people. Can you believe the privilege he had? He saw the eye of God. He saw Jesus, the Messiah, with his own eyes as it was promised to him. And right away, he believed. Right away, he declared he is the salvation. Salvation, we're going to see later, that is light and glory. But what did the physical eyes of Simeon really saw? Well, as many of us would see a very fragile baby, a needy baby, a dependent child, his physical eyes could only see a baby who needs help. But his eyes of faith and his belief saw more than that. He saw the salvation. That's why he says, now I can depart. Now I can go. Now I can be released with my earthly duties. Now I can leave the burden of this life and go to heaven because mine eyes have seen thy salvation. And this was a prophetic insight because potentially he saw just a baby. But by faith, he saw the Christ. You see, Simeon did not see the healing of the lepers. Simeon did not see Jesus giving sight to the blind. Simeon never saw Jesus walking on waters, forgiving seas, curing and releasing people from the evil spirit. But by faith, he saw what we would see by faith spiritually. What do you see in Jesus? He believed in the Messiah. He recognized the Messiah, and he knew that that child was the savior, savior of the world. Two lessons, quick lessons. There will be more, but at least these two. Salvation is light. This is what he sees in Jesus. Salvation is light. The Gentiles live in the darkness. And unless Jesus would show up, no nations would see Jesus. The Jewish had the Torah, the, the writings, but the Gentiles didn't have it. They only have their own God. They only have the things they would worship with their own hands. But then Jesus is the light for the nations. Jesus Salvation is glory. That's what Simeon says. Salvation is the light to the Gentiles, to all nations, to all people, here and there. But also the glory. The glory that the Jewish lost. The, the patriarchs, the law, the prophets, the promises, they had it. But they were living in a way that was gone, long gone. But now they can see the glory of Israel coming back. Because Jesus is here. He's the fulfillment of the promises. Simeon also sees the falling and the rising of people. And that's even today. And you may not know it, but a lot of nations are suffering because Christ is not there. They are dominated by the devil. Many countries are wealthy because Jesus was in the beginning of these nations. And when people put away Jesus and the gospel and God, 
probably these nations are going to struggle. And Jesus, in our faith, is the falling and the rising. He's going to divide houses. He's going to divide people. And he's going to bless those who turn back to him. And Anna. What about Anna? This one of the quiet of the land. She loved the house of God. She was a groom of great denial. She had suffered at least losing her husband. But once she lost her husband, she devoted all her 50 or 60 years after to the Lord. Uh, Barclay, William Barclay says that he, she had known sorrow, but she had not grown bitter. That was Anna's life. Anna's arrived at the same time, and she thanked God, and she was seeing her promise fulfilled. She says, this is the child that is going to be the redemption of Israel. I think for the sake of the time, I'm going to finish here. So two lessons from Anna, and that should be followed by us. Anna was faithful in interceding for others. Sometimes people look at your layout, your display, how many things you do, but we are forgetting how important is the behind the scenes. Anna was faithful in interceding for others. Despite of her great age, nothing deterred her to serving the Lord. She was so much in the house of the Lord that looks like she lived in the temple. Probably she did not, but she was there all the time, serving and fasting to the Lord. And Anna, in that age, she was an evangelist in the sense that she spoke of the Christ, the child that was the redemption of Jerusalem. And she would tell everybody who would give ears to her that Jesus was the redemption of, of Jerusalem. Applying to us this, what do we see? What do you believe? What do you say to the world? What or who is Christ? What is Christmas? Who is really Jesus? When we understand about it, are we bringing this good news to others? Are we include others? Do we deliver this message as it is and aiming all people, all nations, all races? I know all of us have been under pressure, having, having losses. We've been living under so many restrictions, so many dominations. Sometimes we also feel forgotten. But let's look at Anna and Simeon. They didn't feel that way. Actually, when they saw Jesus, they felt released. They felt saved. And they believed on that. Our task is also to believe and press forward. We also should be looking for our consumer of faith, no matter what. There was a cost. Yes, Jesus paid it all. He was the one who paid it full. There was sufferings and there was contradictions and Mary carried all these contradictions. Her baby would become a contradiction to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees. And as today, to believe in Jesus can bring us to a, 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 a hot spot. He is contradicted in many ways to the culture. Mary 
had a sword in her heart because she would see him being despised. She would see him being blasphemed. She would see him being taken uh, to the jail and then crucified. She was at Calvary. She was at the thumb of the grave. And that made her like a suffering, but she never gave up to. So where are we in this picture? Are we bold enough to hold Christ and announce him even nowadays when he's not popular or common? Can we look to Simeon and Anna today as a life's example of living? I hope so. And if you haven't done your own decisions, if you think Jesus was a type of a hero, a type of figure, a type of a good leader, a type of a, a, a deliverance, they were true, but he was more than that. That child was the redemption of Israel, was the savior of the world. Merry Christmas. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray that the message of Simeon and Anna resound in our hearts. Encourage us to be faithful despite of the circumstances we are living in. When we see these two old people not afraid of what to believe and what to say, who were paying the price to be holy, to be devoted, to be godly men and godly women, we also feel encouraged to do the same. Sometimes we are so focused on problems. Oh, we are so focused on get, getting money or earning more money. We are so focused on building and buying and storage. And we forget the things that are going to last forever. Simeon saw the best. His eyes saw the Lord. And so Anna saw read by faith the consolation and redemption of Israel. And so we, we also see you, Jesus, as the one who redeemed us from sin and also who is giving your life of ransom of many. We see you, Jesus, as the one who is still light for nations and he's still the glory that we all need. And we pray that your Holy Spirit still challenge us to be faithful believers in this time of crisis, in this time of persecutions. And for all that, we pray and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.